The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, freshfm.net, for our contact details. We got something for your listening pleasure, don't ignore. Got the whole world waiting for our music in your store. Don't have to ask us to keep it real, we do for sure. You can expect us to see you soon while we your tour. I swear, mics like you waste with souls, religious Use this nature's instrument to provide for the poor and smash wealthy and decadent. Savage intellect will truly serve and protect. Slicing through heads like Jedi's killing clones or Jango Fett. We got something for your sisting pleasure, don't ignore. Got the whole world waiting for our music in your store. My beast pain stayed many MC on my journey. Burning MCs, left, right, and center. Wooden base brings like bread to feed and sustain the soul. The masses, thou so has is down to ashtrays. My beats hit like everybody broke some tour. Check my introduction to hit you where it hurts. Loose fit for your consumption. Edible lyrical dessert with my candles on. Fuck my lossy, fussy looking MCs. They can't test us. Coconuts in your lips and in your mouth on the south side of the globe. Voice bands smack your hello, silly. Follow me. G'day. G'day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. fair suck of the sand, man. Wanna hear my funky beats? <laughs> Get on ya, mate. It's a hard road finding the perfect beat. Come on, uh. we got something for you. Listen, pleasure, don't ignore. Got the whole world waiting for our music in your store. So you have to ask us to keep it real. We do for sure. You can expect us to see you soon while we go to the star. What you see is me. We got something for you, listen, pleasure, don't ignore. 
Kia ora whānau. Welcome to Far Whānau on Fresh FM. I am your host, Tiaki Sharp. Today, we are talking to two wonderful young Samoan uh, members of the community who are talking to us about what it truly means to be Pacifica and how many people overlook the things that are really important. Well, hi everyone. My name is um, Lani Kalapu. I am of Samoan descent, as Tiaki mentioned. And... Hi, my name is Stella Afetu. I'm also someone. I'm half someone and half Balangi, so. So thank you very much for coming on. We're very privileged to have you here today. Uh, I guess the first thing that we want to uh, get into a bit first is what are your experiences with being someone? Yes, just in general. Um, personally, I think because I am... Um, not only someone, I'm uh, also of European descent, um, that it's more of like it being um, uh, totolua, I call it, so like being two-blooded, having multiple ethnicities, so just kind of um, not being quite Samoan sometimes and not being quite Balangi sometimes, so it's very in-between feelings. So there's often a feeling of conflict for you? Definitely. Like, um, just not being viewed as a Samoan person or as a Balangi person, just being judged by both sides, just mm-hmm. feelings of like that. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I think, uh, for one part, it's sort of being a part of like the Samoan community, um, but also being viewed as like an outsider almost. And then when you're obviously at school, I think we have a larger. European population mm. than anything, but we're still someone in that aspect. We're not fully like Balangi or New Zealand European. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. So there's always that kind of contrast, no matter what. And how does that um, how does that come across in like your own families? How do they perceive it? Um, my families are very s- separate. So there are different sides of the family that have Balangi and Samoan in them. So they're very, they just don't intermingle. So it's like if I'm with the Samoan family, I'm a bit more Samoan. But if I'm with the Balangi family, I'm, I don't know, just very Balangi, I suppose. Mm. Well, at least the Balangi family don't think of me as kind of, they feel comfortable to say whatever they feel about Samoan people in front of me. Mm. So... Yeah, I, once again, I think I can, like, totally relate on that. Mm. Um, I don't have a lot to do with my, like, dad's side of the family, which is, like, my Balangi side. Uh, And with, like, my grandparents, at least. Um, My grandmother is fully someone, but my grandfather is not, although he is not my mother's biological father. So it's sort of a bit of, like, a conflict there, even just growing up within the home that I live in. Um, but obviously everyone's trying their hardest to make sure that Mm. they're acknowledging, like, the culture at least. I just think for the first few years of my life, I I don't know if you're the same. Like, Mm. through primary school, there was definitely a complete disconnect from any sort of culture. Absolutely. Mm. I completely agree. So that's very interesting, the way that the different sides of your family uh, perceive your heritage and where that comes from. I think that's very interesting. There's definitely um, a lot of connections there that I can make with my own Māori heritage, mm. but it also seems like there's a lot 
there's a lot of difference there. There's a stark contrast between not just um, between what's the word? Palangi. Palangi. Palangi and Palangi and Samoan, but also the way that this is viewed within the communities themselves. So, um, and this is a rather serious subject, but what can you both tell us about the idea of plastic Samoan? Um, that's definitely a phrase that's been used to describe people who, like us, definitely, it's certainly not something I'd describe myself as. I just... I can understand that people, it's, if that's what they know that we are, that's what, they can, that's what they have called us. But personally, I would, I do not use plastic Samoan. It just, it feels degrading. Yeah, it's a, like, it seems to be a very offensive term. Plastic mm. basically says it's false, it's fake, mm. it's um, uh, fabricated. It, it kind of reaffirms the feelings I already have kind of inside that mm. I'm, I'm not worthy of... Um, of having access to my culture and my language. Yeah, and that's terrible. Mm. I think not only with that, like, you're right, reaffirming your own personal views, but also for the people who do use that terminology, it's also reaffirming their views coming from whatever background they've come from, whether it's very religious. Like, I know that religion is a very big part of mm. the Samoan yeah. community. And growing up in a house that doesn't go to church every weekend yeah. or it doesn't even speak like I don't speak fluent someone do you I do not speak fluent someone either so like for me there's no background there but I would also still not refer to myself or anyone else with the same background as me as being a plastic someone mm. because we're still someone yeah I think it's so much harder because um my family which it sounds like kind of yours is a is um atheists so we don't mm. we don't go to church and for a lot of Polynesian people and Pacific people church is like the social gathering it's like we are actually with other people like yourselves um but not having that element and then even if you do go to family gatherings not even being able to speak the language mm. it just it really makes it hard to even have communication with your Samoan family mm. Mm. so there's a lot of um there seem to be a lot of layers in the term plastic Samoan and how it really applies. Because it's not just heritage, mm. is it? There's a lot of layers in the culture yeah. as well. It's also like you're bringing up, like my nana, you, uh, they came from Samoa, then they went to Auckland mm. and they had like a very established like community within the yeah. church. And then when she moved here, she was also like somewhat disconnected from that, bringing mm. up her children here. Um but the thing with that is that, like, it's also just the evolution of how I'm sure that we were brought up compared to how our, like, parents were mm. brought up. My, like, family will often, like, speak about when they were younger. Like, my mum grew up with her grandparents in Auckland and her background is a lot different to mine. It was, like, school, work, no boyfriends, no mm. outings, which is, that's how it was. And I'm, like, she achieved a lot. Mm. But for my family that does still bring their children up that way, I think yeah. the reflection not only hinders who I am as a someone, but their perception of my parents and how they've brought us up, mm. which isn't fair. <laughs> it, do, it does not mm. mean anything like about how like someone my nana is or how someone my mother is because they still love their culture and the traditions that come with their culture. 
and just the current views of what a plastic someone is, like mm. you said. I think, Tiaki, when you talked about um, many, having the term plastic Samoan having many layers, mm. I think the main thing that goes towards being kind of referred to as a plastic Samoan is um, how you were brought up. As Stella mm. said, it's through the assimilation that, um, that um, say, the old people, like when they came out to New Zealand, what they had to do in order to thrive in this country, in order to survive, to blend in. Mm. So, say it happened with my mother's family. So, my mother is half Samoan and half um, half Palangi, half Pakeha, and um, her father was absent. And even when he was around, he didn't teach her Samoan. He just didn't think it was necessary. And there were many other people like that. They just were raised up like white people. Mm. And this was done in order to um, just to kind of thrive and, and make a living in this country. Hmm. That's extremely interesting. Mm. So it's definitely, um, there's definitely some heritage aspects, but what I'm hearing from both of you is it's more uh, the way the upbringing has shaped you. Absolutely. And then how that is then later perceived by others who consider themselves, and I'm using quotations mm. here, true Samoans. Yes. Yeah. True. There's, so. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma around mm. the way that we were raised and mm. The way that our parents raised us, mm. and I, I'm not saying this to like um, to, so I'm just going to have to say it in Te Reo Māori to Takahi Mana, mm-hmm. like um, Samoans that were raised with the language and with the culture. I think that that is an amazing feat. I think it's just it's a lack of understanding what a privilege it is mm. to have been raised with that. When people like Stella and I didn't get that privilege, exactly. You guys didn't grow, get to grow up immersed fully in the language or the culture, but that's not your fault. And that's not your parents' fault. And that's not even like your grandparents or your great grandparents' yeah. fault because that was when they moved to, say, New Zealand, really what they had to do. Yeah, absolutely. In order to get by. Just, just like to set the foundations for our families mm. to continue mm. living here, yeah. to make a living here. I think um, for the most part, like that is the biggest thing, making sure that like there are benefits to both things. There are benefits to being brought up the way that we've been brought up mm. and also being brought up traditionally, as, as some people would say. Mm. Like, I have never been to Samoa in my life before. And I think if I did, I'd, I'd feel very out, like like an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost, I, I, I know I've been a few times and, um, yeah, I mean, because you've been raised in, in New Zealand, I yeah. mean, you, I mean, you're a New Zealander. Of course. So, I mean, it, you will always feel a bit like that when going there like a bit of like a tourist yeah i mean you know that you have a personal ancestral connection to samoa but because you haven't been raised there which i think actually a lot of even people who've been raised with the culture and the language in new zealand Mm. can feel just not have been raised there yeah Mm. so do you think that's also part of it because um and this is relating to maori because that's how i would connect to this uh Mm. based on genealogy but back when we had the native school systems, that was our great-grandparents, and they were beaten in school for speaking Māori, mm. and thus they didn't pass it down because they didn't want their children to go the same way. And then those children couldn't pass down because they had no knowledge of it yeah. at all, and they literally couldn't. But that's different. It's slightly different because with Māori, they were an indigenous people. We were already here. This yeah. was our land. 
But with the Samoan and other Pacifica communities, they were immigrants. Mm. So when they came here, they had to... It was a very similar thing, but it wasn't quite punished out of them. They had to forcibly yeah. give it up yeah. in order to actually survive in this uh, European colony. Absolutely. And that's, like, obviously, they're both horrific, but that feels, to me, somewhat more heartbreaking, having to force yourself... To relinquish it. To relinquish it, to abandon it, mm. just so you and your children and your extended family mm. and all your friends could actually survive in this new world. Yeah. And these were unspoken. Like, these, mm. you wouldn't, like, say, oh, you had to give up your language. Mm. These weren't things that were talked about. It was just... You knew you had to do it. You knew you had to do it. Mm. No one was telling you to do it. You just knew mm. that if you didn't, you were going to fail. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, I think family is a really huge part. So, like, there's religion, obviously. Um, but family is a really huge part. And I know for my family, the reason why we did move here was so that we could have better lives. Yeah. Like, my, my nana's family moved here so that they could build a better life for the rest of mm. the Afitus. <laughs> it's like sending sending money. You come here to work and then to send money home. That was a huge thing. Mm. And I mean, it still happens. Definitely. Just to yeah. support the family, it's what you have to do. Yeah, most definitely. Mm. And that is 100% something that is still going on. I mean, if you look at um, uh, the regions around Auckland and more of the North Island, there's a, pretty much all of the workforce in um, primary industries, as Pacifica people, yep. sending money home to their families. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that even links back to the first waves of... of the very um, first waves. ...of immigration in the 50s and the 60s following um, uh, World War Two. It was exactly. about... Because there was a, a new jobs to be had for um, Pacific people that Balangi people didn't want to do in this country. Exactly. And Agricultural work, factory work, which that, is what our grandparents were the ones that had to do. That's over 80 years ago, and we're still seeing the exact same patterns with the exact same effects. Mm. And... It's just devastating because what happened then is being repeated over and over with each new wave of immigration. But the effects that are held by, for instance, you two, are going to be held again mm. by those who are just immigrating now. It's basically looking in a, a, an 80-year-old delayed mirror. Mm. We're seeing the exact same thing happen, and thus we can predict that this is going to happen again and that really is horrible yeah it is horrible but i think also um it's a journey for individuals like to um it i mean i know it certainly has led myself on a journey mm. of just kind of rediscovering my culture and although i don't believe it's something that i should have had to do because i was entitled to being raised with the culture it's not exactly something i would um, called completely negative. Mm. Mm, of course. Like, um, it has had positives that came with it. And I do think that now that we talk about it more, especially because there's, um, there's far more of us now, that is just, um, it's not so unspoken and it's not so mm. kind of, you carry it deep inside you. Mm. Like, yeah. even right now, it's, we're saying it out loud. It's not a thing that needs to be repressed exactly. anymore. And I know, I feel for your family, like, they did what they had to do mm. at the time and the best thing for us now which is like all you can like appreciate mm. um yeah also just touching on what you said before uh i think that's the aim of like the pacifica trust and yeah. to help transition yeah. 
um, of immigration from the islands just in general, yeah. not only somewhat just to make make it a lot steadier, which is mm. something that people I'm sure are grateful for. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think I might have been being a, a little dramatic there when I said <laughs> exactly things are happening because things are getting better. You know, there is a there is a much better view. Yeah. That is being held, and there's mu- definitely much better facilities and aid for those Pacifica immigrants. Mm-hmm. Stuff that wasn't around 50 to 60 years ago, yeah. and that was why they had to abandon their language and yeah, culture. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's ideal. So I understand mm-hmm. where you were going. Yeah, there's still going to be problems of down course. the road. Yeah, but things are a bit better now for facilitating mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm. I think moving more to modern times especially just like the pandemic currently um we're seeing a lot of pacifica youth um leaving school over the isolations to work um and also assist their families in providing and they're not coming back to school yeah Mm. um just to touch on a like very prominent issue currently in our society Mm. um and like i'm sure there is help around that Mm. but i know that um there are lots of issues like that that aren't spoken about. Mm, definitely, yeah. Because providing for your family and for your, your parents as well is a very, like, important thing. Mm. Um, and I, I haven't experienced um, anything, like, like that. I know mm. that, like, my, my grandparents and my... They've done a lot for me. I haven't had to do that. But I know yeah. that a lot of our youth are making sacrifices like mm. that. And it's it's very important to even just talk about so it doesn't become or remain yeah. one of those repressed things like it has been in the past. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's that's very interesting. That's extremely. extremely well, you see it not only with Pacifica students, but with a lot of um, sadly Māori students as well. Mm. Like we saw last year, we had all those students that didn't come back. It was mm. yeah. Hmm. It's 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 a different time, and obviously there are lots like this. This pandemic, it's obviously been a lot for everyone. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's a very notable thing. Definitely, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break now, uh, and then we'll get back into this afterwards. Kakitefano, see you all soon.
Irirangi o te tau ihu o te waka a Maui. Fresh FM.
Irirangi o te tau ihu o te waka a Maui. Hola 
Irirangi o te tau ihu o te waka a Maui. Oh, 
Irirangi o te tau ihu o te waka a Maui.
Kia welcome back. We are currently having an interview with Lani and Stella, who are both Samoan-born, and we're having a talk about what it really means to be a Pacifica and the way that that is actually seen through our individual Pacifica communities. Something I'd just like to say to the listeners now is that uh, I attend school at Nayland College with Lani and Stella, and we're all part of the Nayland College Cultural Committee which is why I uh, brought them on to talk about this, uh, especially in the vicinity of Samoan Language Week, because I knew that if I asked them the question, what does it mean to be Samoan or what does it mean to be Pacifica, their answer would likely, well, it has been. It's been extremely different to what I believe I would have got if I asked someone who was, and again, using the air quotes, uh, true Samoan. So... I think it's very good that we have this conversation because we are talking from a standpoint mm. that isn't just going on about, oh, yeah, it's about acknowledging the culture and embracing it. It's mm. about getting past the hardships mm. that are felt, especially within our own communities. I know that um, uh, the plastic Māori mindset mm. is also very prevalent, yeah. but it's there's still quite a bit of acceptance in there, uh, particularly with a new wave of people, for example, re-embracing tamoko, which is the traditional yeah. um, Māori art of tattoos, and um, people saying things like, you don't need to know all of your heritage, you don't need to know all of your language, you're Māori, that is your birthright, that's all you need for it. That's good, that's great to see in our community. But it also seems that across the seas, our Pacifica cousins are not, uh, don't always get the same levels of appreciation and acknowledgement from their own communities. And so I think that by talking to these two wonderful young leaders, we're really getting to see some more of that. So thank you. Thank you. Very much. I feel like this has been a very productive conversation. Yes. I just want to say one more thing, just touching on. Oh, yeah. Anything else you want to say or talk about, go right ahead. Um, yeah, so everything we've sort of talked about is to our personal experiences mm. um, and there's an immense appreciation that I have for people who have been brought up in that traditional Absolutely. way. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really good to hear about your experiences Thank as you. well because I feel like we haven't had the platform or even just like the conversation like yeah, this so definitely. thank you for providing with us with that like opportunity yes, thank you, oh, the pleasure has been all mine i assure you actually sorry i just wanted to um raise one more thing of course i just um remember when you were talking about um comparisons to um marty mm. i find it very interesting because um there are definitely similarities in um a whole generation not um being able to know their language and their culture mm. um 
But I think some interesting key differences are like um, that in Aotearoa, mm-hmm. Māori had their land, many of them had their land taken away from them and the, uh, Aotearoa was colonised by the British Empire. Mm. Whereas in the Pacific, we still have nations that mm. were never colonised. They might have had colonial influences, but they're still completely populated by like Pacific people. I don't know, I just think it's quite an interesting kind of... That is an interesting yeah. detail. Like, because um, there isn't... So there's... Because we have um, people over in the islands still, and, like, the culture's alive, there's, like, a comparison to be made. Hmm. So, like, you can be compared to, like, a proper Samoan, raised in Samoa with the language and the culture. And... Sorry, I don't know if I'm wording this quite no, right. No, but I, I think you're onto something there, actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I... So you have the the full culture and the land that's still all going. That's still, yeah. well, for the most part, p- quite strong. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah. And then you have the Māori who have lost a lot of their land, yeah. have lost a lot of our language, have lost a lot of our culture. And then in one you have um, a very strong type of discrimination between those who were raised in that mm. way with the, the culture and language and those who weren't. And in the other, it seems to be quite a bit more accepting in mm. terms of, say, you, for example, Māori, being born Māori is your only birthright to yeah. tamoko. That's all you need. Do you think it's more accepting then because we don't really have as much of it left and we read yeah. to really preserve that? That's very interesting. Yeah, you, sorry, you, you worded it much better than I did, but um, <laughs> um, that, I think that's what I was trying to get onto. I just spat on your uh, iPad. That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to get onto, like um, that because so Māori people because they have lost so much. I mean, there's I'm not trying to takahi mana that there is because there is still a lot alive and well. Oh no, yeah. But there had to be growth because mm. every Māori person is underst- understands that they have lost something, like a part of their culture in mm. some way. Whereas others, such as mm. the, some with those full Pacifica nations, mm. don't have that feeling of loss. They don't. Yeah. There's nothing to really acknowledge with that. There's a huge variation in how much people, say like in Pacifica people, on one end of a spectrum, you could have a person raised in the islands with the culture and the language and they're completely stable in their in their um, identity. Mm. And then on the other end, you have another person who is, say for myself, Samoan, mm. and they don't know the culture, they don't know the language, they've been raised away from the islands. So there's much more of a variation of what you can be in between them. There's a lot of variation. What you can be compared to, like, yeah. And especially the one in, uh, I would say, the more culturally fortunate position, they really don't uh, understand the privilege that they do have. Yes, definitely. I think the, yeah, I I would agree, but I also think there's a certain privilege that we have as well that... Mm -hmm maybe we don't acknowledge as much um, because we're not yeah. in that situation. So it's a very, like, it's a sort of like a catch-22. It goes both ways. Yeah. Like, you are I would, right. I would there say are so that. many different interpretations of, like, the particular types of privilege that we have yeah. and are lucky to have um, and also what we perceive as having a privilege of knowing your language and mm. um, the culture and everything that comes with that. So, For instance, we're a lot... Uh, we're a lot more educated in the ways of the Western business world, yeah. for instance, so that can yeah, help us. accessibility to, mm. to that is a, a massive privilege that we have and 
a massive reason why our families would have moved here in the first place. So and not just our race. I think yeah. I think it definitely goes both ways, and it is some sort of spectrum that you can mm. flip and you can change your perspective of looking at it. But like, no matter what, it is there. Like yeah. it is there, and there is a huge. Like, sorry, I was just thinking about it. Like you. You want the thing that you don't have access to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say for us, it would be our language and our culture. And then say for our ancestors who had to sacrifice their culture and their language, they wanted to um, be seen and be stable in the Western world, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. But yeah. Because yeah. we still see the likes of like American Samoa and Samoa. Right? Mm. So those are definitely things that are um, just touching on what you guys said before. I think I'm being too quiet. But, but yeah, um, yeah, I think along the lines of the, the plastic someone or plastic Māori mindset, there are so many layers and it's such a mm, complex definitely. issue to discuss. That's the school bell. That's the school bell. I'll find it and cut it out. Okay. Uh, as long, along the lines of the plastic someone and plastic Māori mindset, um, when it comes to, to perceived privilege or um, anything like that, there are so many layers to it. Hmm. So there's definitely a uh, catch-22 scenario. There's definitely many different ways to really approach this. But I think that all of us in talking about this are actually furthering it and we're doing something about it just by having a conversation. So Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have this conversation. Definitely. It's excellent. Just to express our point of views. And I'm sure mm-hmm. if you walked down the corridor and you found another student that would want to talk about this, they could have a completely different experience yeah, to what definitely. we're talking about. That's like part of like talking on a subject like this, the complex nature of everything that we're discussing. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Right. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you for thank having you. us. No problem. Thank it has you. been my absolute pleasure. Uh We'll put on some music now, Fano. See y'all soon. Thanks for listening.
first in division, cultivated by the Samoan Strong is my brethren, Samoan more Samoan Island brothers extend the vibe to the X But the only X Samoans knows is XXL Oversequels oversized, overstay is overstressed Last names, back it up, can you pronounce it? Delete the era that began with ages Visual effects guaranteed by the flick of the brown map But now, brown copper Polynesians been exploited Seen our oil Come into my life, I got coconuts to show you Screens from the old plantation are stuck Fight, fight, bear, fight, fight, bear Screens from the old plantation are stuck Fight, fight, bear, fight, fight, bear Screens from the old plantation are stuck Fight, fight, bear, fight, fight, bear It's just my savage instincts coming back from the break Revitalizing all this how we lost Don't you ever be your lost in the ignorance From the ma to the pa to the child uh, Wonder why your child is running around real wild Pass on the knowledge so the tongue leaves his cradle Or take them back home to the motherland and teach The ways of our Alice lifestyles in the speech Yeah, yeah, lifestyles in the speech Come on, come on, you got to Big way selector on the backfield While me rocket dance hall echoes For a bar boom boom, for a bar boom boom Midnight reflects To the old plantation. Yeah, yeah. We just pay homage to the old plantation. Yeah, yeah. You got some. Big way selector on the backfield. Want me rugged dance hall echoes. For a bar boom boom, for a bar boom boom. Midnight reflects. Raise the lead on the ooh. Screams from the old plantation are stuck. Fight, fight, bear. Fight, fight, bear. Screams from the old plantation are stuck. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.